Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the Beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the bad, messy, hard parts of your life collide with the good, amazing, great parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful person that you are. On this podcast, you are going to hear from people from all walks of life, and my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. Hello, listeners, Beautiful Collision Podcast family. Um, Those that are listening, you are like a family. Um, So I'm so glad you're listening and I'm so glad you're back. Um, I am hopping on for this episode. Um, This episode is actually just going to be me, so it's going to be shorter than most episodes, probably significantly shorter than a few episodes coming out. Um, but I am going to be one of the quote unquote guests in this Jesus Changed My Life series. So we are currently in the middle of a Jesus Changed My Life series. Um, and you heard an episode, um, there was an episode before this in this series, and there's an episode coming after this in this series. And really this series was, was birthed out of the fact that Jesus has truly changed my life. And I know he has changed the lives of so many other people. And we and I, mainly I, because it's my podcast, just wanted to share with you what that's looked like. Um, I think hearing people's stories can help you just understand them so much better and who they are and kind of what they stand for and what they value. Um, And I just really think, I believe that Jesus is everything and he's truly changed my life. And so I just want to hear, I just want to share my story with you guys because Um, I hope that for some of you guys that you hear this and have questions or it encourages some of you guys, um, or even if you don't have questions at all, that's fine, but that you just kind of get to know a little bit more about me, um, as I share a little bit about myself. So, um, here we go. We're in the podcast. It's kind of weird being on and no one's asking me questions. I'm just talking, um, as much as one would think that, um, I love to talk, um, it is weird just talking to, um, I feel like I'm talking to myself in some ways, but anyways, um, okay, so I'm going to kind of start, I'm going to kind of paint a picture, um, of a theme in my life. And one of the biggest themes, um, in my life that I think everything I've ever done, good and bad, has somewhat birthed out of, um, and something that I truly, didn't start to find freedom in until I encountered Jesus is people pleasing. And maybe for a lot of you listening, that can mean a lot of things. Um, but for me, I think since I was very young, like young, young, uh, I have always wanted to feel heard, valued, seen, and, um, wanted the masses to love me and adore me. Um, and so as long as I can remember what a quick story um, that kind of shows a little bit of this. When I was little, my mom's told me this story and my aunt's told me this story. When I was little, I would be in the car. My, my younger brother is two years younger than me. And I would just be, let's say I would just be just chatting away, just chatting away, talking to whoever's driving or and my younger brother and his, you know, car seat and all that kind of stuff. And my aunt said one time, she said, okay, Margaret, because like, I just wasn't talking about anything. I was just rambling and kind of just being noisy. And she's like, okay, Margaret, you know, that's enough. Settle down. 
And then I would be like, or she would say like, that's enough talking. And then I would say, okay, well, I'll sing then. So then I would start singing and then she would be like, okay, Margaret. And then I'd be like, okay, I'll hum then. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really silly, a silly story, but, um, younger Margaret, you could, knowing me now, that probably makes a lot of sense. Um, but I just even think at that age, it was just like, even that way of thinking and the way I responded to my aunt when she would say that, or, um, was this idea of, I need to be seen and heard and I need to be, feel like I, I want attention. Like I want to be seen and heard and I want to be loved and liked. Um, and, and so I am seeking attention. Like I'm seeking for someone to see me at all times and make me feel valued and loved. Um, so, you know, I think there's so many instances in my life I can look at, look in my life and see, man, there's a lot of that. And so I did grow up in a Christian home. Um, so in the sense of my parents love Jesus, um, they are firm, they're believers, they're firm believers, um, in Jesus and, and who he is. So I, faith was a part of my house. Um, prayer, you know, um, going to church, all these different things. Um, and I saw people like my parents, um, had relationships with the Lord, but I think for me, just how it works for me was, or ended up working for me is I just thought of that as an adult thing that I can do potentially later. Um, and as a high school student, it was just kind of like, that's what they do. I, there's no, there was no concept of having a personal relationship with Jesus, which is sad because it would have probably saved me a lot of grief. Um, and so what my life looked like probably middle school to high school was this battle and wrestle with wanting to be valued and heard. And so I had a lot of different friend groups growing up. I'm a natural extrovert, um, to the nth degree, sometimes for better or worse. Um, and so I had a lot of different group of friends. Um, but I just vividly remember a lot in my life, in the earlier days of my life of just becoming this chameleon where I just shifted and turned into whatever group I was with. So I didn't like, I hate conflict. I definitely didn't like conflict. I didn't want conflict with people. Um, if you've done strength finders and you know strength finders, um, positivity is actually my number one. Um, and so I did not like conflict in relationships. Um, and so I avoided it. And so, um, obviously because I was a people pleaser. And so all my different friendships, I kind of just chameleon myself or adapted to those friendships. Um, and I kind of shaped myself to be like those people, whoever I was with. Um, and so clearly even hearing this, you're like, that sounds exhausting. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but it probably was because, um, you are becoming a different person every time you're with different people. And basically it's being fake in a lot of ways. And I think that even started my trend of a lot of my friend groups didn't interconnect. So in the sense of I had high school friends, I had my friends from church because I went to church growing up. I had my friends from, you know, something else. Um, maybe when I played soccer, um, you know, I had different friend groups or like one-off friends of people I've met in different seasons of life. And a lot of times they didn't interconnect. Maybe some, like 
maybe birthdays or like a few things, but my lives and each of them are pretty separate. Um, and I liked it that way because I didn't have to, I could be one person with one group of people and be another person with another group. And so be what that group I felt like, not that they put this pressure on me, but I felt like they needed me to be, um, and, um, without intersecting them. And so people pleasing at its finest. And it's this, I'm clinging to being valued and being loved. And then when it came to relationships, especially with guys, um, there was a, a lot of that there too, of like, if I, if someone, especially in my, um, relationships with guys if a guy ever told me that they loved me um in any way I held on to that and so what that meant for me is now I'm going to do everything I can to keep that love and so whatever they ask of me I'm willing to do and go the distance um and so it it was it was a hard place to be let me tell you something for those of you that struggle with with people pleasing um this is pretty exhausting because um there obviously there there's only so much you can do to um keep people's love and value of you and you can't keep it forever and you end up working working yourself into the ground and crazy to be approved by humans and people when that's not what we were intended for and so that just again spiraled into a lot of different things up until I was 18 I think the biggest moment where it really blew up in my face was my senior year in high school where I was in a situation where um, I engaged in a relationship with my one of my best friends at the time's boyfriend why they were still dating and I let and you're probably hearing that and like, wow, what kind of person are you? Um, one, um, I, I was so blinded by being approved. And when so when this person approached me in a way and he said things to me that were very um, like, I love you and I want you and I see you. It was like all these blinders were put up because I only saw things through that lens and so it was such an idol in my life to keep the value and love of people that it caused me to do things um, that weren't right um, because I didn't want to lose it. Um, and so it was it was crazy. Um, so now you can kind of see a lens of what my life was like. And so when I went to college, I, I left Texas where I'm from, went to college in North Carolina. When I went to college, um, I... I was still, I was really excited because I was like, I'm going to a place where nobody knows me and I can start over and all the things I did in the past can go away. Um, but when I um, went to college, um, it was it was starting to be a, a different ball game as well because, or an interesting ball game again, because there's so many people, you have so much more freedom, quote unquote, and it's like, man, so imagine an approval addict in college and all these different things are coming at you um and you're just like what like how do I even navigate this and 
I was really hesitant to find a like church home or like um, get involved in what I'd always done my entire life, like be involved in like a church or anything like that. Because I was just like, I've just done so many things and I just want to be able to live my life um, kind of the way I want to live it now. It's just too exhausting to also have to put on the good girl Christian facade. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, well, lo and behold, God had other plans. Um, and so long story short, um, there were these two girls, they were two years ahead of me. Um, and they came knocking on my door one time in college. And I think they had like cookies or something and they invited me to start coming to their campus ministry and, um, like their Bible studies and stuff. And so I did that. Um, but the Lord really awakened my heart that second semester of my freshman year. So I started being discipled, um, by a girl named Tally, who's just a wonderful human in every sense of the word. And, um, she, we started meeting, um, like weekly. Um, and, um, I was meeting with her and, um, another girl named Kira. So we were both being discipled by her. And for those of you that don't know what that means, that's basically someone just intentionally pouring into you and walking with you as you walk with Jesus and showing you the scripture and what the word says and some other things. And so it can look different in different scenarios, but that's basically what it is. Um, and that semester, I feel like I just got wrecked and rocked in crazy ways. And so this is what I mean by that. I had never been in a situation or really a never, my eyes had really never been open to people around my age or just two years older than me that like loved God and were like cool and had this passion for Jesus um, in the same way I feel like I saw my mom have that passion my entire life and like prayed and wanted to tell people about a God who loves them. Like I just never seen it in that way who I still had fun with and were excited. I just had never seen that. And there was just this joy. It really was a joy that didn't seem fabricated, especially about um, some of these people, like these people I was seeing, and especially about my disciple or tally. Like there was just a joy about, I just really remember like seeing like joy in her um, that was just so genuine and was not fake and just seemed to be consistent. And I never, I don't think I had ever had a consistent joy that didn't come out of how other people viewed me, which is scary. <laughs> um, and and I don't think I'd had a joy where my like my mood didn't change based off of this circumstance or relationship I had with other people. Um, because that scenario back in my senior year that I was talking about, um, I, what happened actually in that situation is I got found out um, and I lost pretty much all my friends for like a season of time. And for months I was in this deep like depression state because I couldn't forgive myself. I wasn't being forgiven for a while. And it was like, no one loves me or cares about me anymore. And so 
like what like what is life you know and there were some people that were pursuing me and saying they love me not but I just couldn't I had I literally my worst nightmare had happened as I had lost all my friends and so anyways I say that to say my joy and my mood was associated with my relationships with other people and so going back to college when I just saw people that have consistent joy through circumstances and not that things weren't hard but had like this hope thing I just I was like how do I like what is that and so the more I started being discipled and the more I started meeting and like being discipled and just through her tally and just like some other people um started understanding Jesus I just God just started to awaken my heart and he just started showing me things and revealing things to me that were crazy like I feel like that semester one of the things he was showing me was look no matter what you've done in the past right or wrong like I have always loved you and I have always been trying to pursue you and I've always held my arms wide open for you to come into them and you just neglected it like like you 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 wanted it so bad from humans but I was already good I already had this love for you that they could not give you um and I just started to like understand that I don't need my identity to be in people like I don't need my identity to be and all the value and love and um being heard and seen that I wanted from people I already had that in the Lord and that I could maybe get that from people to some degree but at a certain point I was going to fail them or they were going to fail me that's inevitable and but God was not like he was, he is the consistent, the constant that's not going to fail ever. And I just started to come to that realization through like the Bible and through scripture. Um, the Lord just kept showing me those things. And that semester, like that semester, my heart was just changed. Like God was just like, I'm better. Like if you, if you surrender to me, I'll show you that I'm better. And so that began my surrender. Like that truly began this process of surrender for me where I was just like, okay, Lord, like, I don't know really how to do this. Like bring me people to show me how to do this, but like here, here I am. Um, and so the rest of college really after that was me just learning like God just teaching me like and pruning me and showing me how to surrender um and it was really really sweet um and I think you can hear that and they're like and you're probably thinking okay so has life been easy now like now that you you know or have this pursuing Jesus, have this relationship with the Lord. Does that mean your life has been easy? And in all honesty, no. In a lot of ways, I feel like I've I've struggled. Satan has Satan has attacked me more, and I have struggled and been have have had more desert seasons than I've ever had since 
before I was a Christian. Like, life after Christ has actually been harder in a lot of ways. But um, there is a peace that comes from knowing Jesus and a hope that comes that is so just so freeing and life-giving. Um, and so when I say Jesus changed my life, to sum it up, this is what it means. I wanted the approval of everyone. I've wanted and have always struggled with the approval of everyone in this life, like people in my life, of wanting approval from everybody and wanting to be seen, valued, and heard. But the gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ shows me that I am valued because he went to the extreme to save my soul and sacrifice and show me a love that no human can ever could ever match. The cross shows me that I'm seen. The cross shows me that I am heard. The cross shows me that um, I'm lovable. And Jesus, Jesus shows me that I am, that he is all I need. Because ultimately what me encountering Jesus did was showed me that I cannot, I need him. I cannot be um, good in and of my own strength because that's what I tried to do my whole life, be this certain person. I cannot be good or do good in and of my own strength. But in Jesus, I can and I need him for that. I cannot measure up to people. I'm going to fail. But in Jesus, he helps me to walk in a way, live a life that is good and that is great. Um, And he's just... He just has my back. Like, he just has my back. He's not going to leave. He doesn't forsake you. Like, he just has your back. And he may take some things in your life and prune you and tear, like, take things out of your life that are not good um, for you. But it's for, and it may hurt and it may be hard to let go of, but it's for your good. It's for. Everything he does is for your good. He's not out to make you more miserable. He's actually out to make you better for your good and to 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 um for your good and for his glory. And so God is after our hearts and God is after our sanctification in making us more like him and God is after um after glory and he wants he wants to be glorified because he is the one that is deserving of glory. And if you look at what he did on the cross, he's always been deserving of glory. But if you look at what he's, he did on the cross and what he's done for you and you understand who he is and what he's done for you, then you will see that like that is a person worth surrendering my life to and trusting and loving. And so I hope all that makes sense to you guys. And I would love, um, you know, um, to 
hear more of your stories or hear how this has encouraged you. So definitely send me a note on Instagram or if you have questions, send me a note on Instagram, um, you know, or um, put a review on this podcast. But it's simple. Jesus changed my life. And I think one thing that I learned very quickly is I don't have to do anything for everyone else in my life with the people pleasing stuff. Like it was like, okay, what can I do to keep? And God with Jesus, it's like, it's not what you can do. It's just surrender. And so there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart um, that he raised from the dead, you are saved. And so if you confess that he is Lord, that he is um, God over all things and repent of, of your sin and just believe in your heart that he raised from the dead and the resurrection believed in what he did, then you are saved. And then you just begin this journey of knowing him and getting to know him intimately. And all he want, he doesn't ask you to do all the things to measure up or to get his approval. He just wants to know you. He wants to, he wants to know you. And so then the rest of your life is just getting to know him. And I promise you, the more you get to know about God and who he is and his character, character, the more you'll fall in love with him. And the more you fall in love with him, the more you'll desire to submit and be obedient to what he says. And the more you'll understand that everything he asks you to do is not to make you miserable or to make you mad, but it's for your good. So thanks for listening. And, um, Yeah, I hope you're loving this series and you're going to have some awesome episodes in the coming weeks.